Welcome to Masala PTI with your hosts, Ravi and Arvind. Pardon these Indians as they take you on a unique and wild ride around the world of sports. Welcome to another playoff edition of Masala PTI Boys and Girls. I'm here with my co-host Ravi. This is Aravind. Uh, we are a little shaken from yesterday's uh, Suns loss to the Lakers. Obviously, we are rooting for the Suns. So we just thought we'll talk about where the series is headed and also touch on a few other series. Uh, but obviously, this is the most interesting one, Ravi. How do you feel after Game 3? Uh, hi, Arvind. And hello, everyone. <laughs> Yeah, compared to a few days ago, uh, uh, I think definitely disappointment is written large in our faces and can be probably heard in our voices. But uh, hey, you and I are nothing but nothing if not eternal optimists. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so so in my mind, I think it took a few hours for me to get over the game yesterday. But now I am back into the saddle of thinking that it's still 2-1. There are still right. more games to go. And two of those games are in Phoenix, so anything can happen. Exactly. 2-1 two, two, is not the end of the world. Uh, that is for sure. The concern, Ravi, obviously, is what's going on with Chris Paul, right? Right. Uh, it's hard to say where this series would have been if he was healthy, but definitely game two was really close. And that's when, uh, through the uh, season, he has been the most effective. Now he just can't do the same things. Um uh, Cameron Payne has been a very good stand-in, uh, but still CP3 is CP3. So, I am still not convinced he's anywhere near where he needs to be. And I'm not even sure if he's going to get there, right? Even if this goes Game 7. What's your... Uh, let's play doctor on this podcast. <laughs> what's, what's your uh, take on where he is uh, physically after, the, after Game 3? Because Game 1... Obviously, he came back in the second half, and you could tell he was—he can't even shoot, right? Game two, he kind of uh, his shot looked better, but he—he he didn't. I don't think he can shoot the three and things like that. He—I feel like he's at the same spot, but some people seem to think he looked better. What your what's your take on that? Uh, yeah. So before anything else. I frankly was dubious about the son's official statement that he had suffered a stinger. Uh, The the way he got hit and the way he fell. I mean, it felt almost like he had been shot. I know. It was was really weird. I couldn't even tell what problem was or, you know, what hurt. Usually when you see an injury, you can kind of, you have a feel for it. This one was weird uh, from the jump. Yeah. That, so that was a you know a problem to begin with, and then on top of it, I guess the modern age of NBA or professional sports is such that uh, well, I guess NFL is an exception where you are required to provide uh, you know injury reports pre-game. In all other sports, there is no such mandate, and as such, teams are extremely secretive about the true nature of the injury. So that did not help. And in both games two and three, he started, and I agree with you. I mean, especially in game three, but even game two, he looked at his best, as in not at his best, as in the best of what Chris Paul can be. But if you see the course of the game, 
he looked okay at the beginning and then it's basically regressed really fast and to be mm-hmm. that's a direct uh, pointer to the fact that you know with any such injury there is a lot of preparation whether it is in the form of painkillers or heat warmers or whatever else it takes to get someone up and ready for the game which is why you know at tip off he looks fine his jump his first couple of jumpers go in that is yesterday right and then as the game progresses as there is more and more contact obviously <laughs> things start you know he he's probably favoring his right shoulder a bit as well and then i think what really worsens it is when he sits on the bench then things start to stiffen up right i mean with, mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the big problem here that it is a catch 22 where obviously i feel you cannot play him much because you don't want to risk re-injury or aggravate his injury but then if you sit him then when he's uh, you're basically just stiffening his uh, his problem even more to the point where when he comes back and without the luxury of having prepared for 6 hours as would be the case before tip off he's coming <laughs> in basically with a dead arm or in yeah. this case a dead shoulder so uh, you know i frankly and and on top of it is just this feeling of if he's on the court are the others that is i'm talking about the other sons are they supposed to treat him like chris paul or right. uh, or not and that i i think it is just adding in addition to his very very limited physical range it's adding to a lot of ambiguity on offense for the suns on the floor and you know to me that's where things are getting more and more complicated i and you send me this picture from the game yesterday where booker is basically getting uh the steph curry treatment right and they are uh doubling and tripling him off of cp3 which is shocking which is something they would never do earlier in the season right at least they would bring the second guy from somebody else now cp3 is being treated like you know how the uh, they treat to draymond green when they play warriors and that is really sad considering what kind of season chris paul had there's no way they gave him that three right now it's like has he even taken a three ravi after the injury probably not so uh, you it's interesting you say that arvin because yesterday's game there were at least on three separate occasions just in the second quarter where he was left wide open for a top of the key three pointer and he did not take them yeah. so a the lakers are giving him no respect which means that they are sagging off of him and obviously doubling someone Mm-hmm. and on top, and and what's worse is he's he's just not confident in his shot uh, beyond the are actually beyond the free throw line and it, it and and you're right i think that 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 screenshot that i sent you it was interesting you're right i mean draymond green is a good good analogy what was worse is i've been listening to this sun's podcast i forget what it's called i think it's called empire of the sun where they yeah. were like likening it to booker's first few years where they would do that to booker by leaving tyler ulis open so oh, okay it, it is it, <laughs> is, it, it has come to that where poor poor hobbled chris paul is being compared to uh, tyler ulis yeah that's a really sad uh, situation for the suns and i think what is making this worse really is how uh, the other guys have not been able to step up yes. but give some credit to the lakers uh, defense right jay crowder is struggling uh, bridges i thought had a good game one and then he has been neither here nor there and same with cam johnson and others right only campaign 
is basically uh, taking it to them. So I wonder uh, if the solution really is to turn over the keys to campaign because they have to at least respect him, right? He can shoot, he can drive, he is fearless, and then kind of count on Booker and campaign to take us back to Phoenix, and then hopefully uh, Chris Paul is better. Because he should at least have the confidence to attempt threes. If that's yeah. not happening, then uh, he's really, really a different player than what we had all season. See, one of the one of the uh, among all the things that I find very interesting and entertaining that, but also ones that I do not believe at all when I listen to Bill Simmons. Uh, there is one piece where I kind of see what he typically says, right? He says there are these players who are fringe players on a good team, but when yeah. they are on the floor, they think they are the best player on the on on not only on their team, they think they are the best players on the floor. And I think <laughs> campaign campaign is one of those guys, right? He couldn't care yeah. less whether LeBron is guarding him or whether he's thirty feet away from the basket. When he's in the zone, he just shoots and or. In fact, yesterday, I mean, no discredit to Aiton. He has been electric. Yeah. There were still a couple of chances yesterday where literally Payne spoon-fed him inside and Aiton did what he did during the regular season where he would stumble around and, you know, lose the ball and all of that. But Payne has been just fantastic. I agree with you. I think the Suns have nothing to lose. In my mind, the season is, the season is already a success. They don't want to jeopardize things any further. Chris right. does, does not, in his current state, offer a better chance for the Suns to win. Hand over the keys to Payne. And you know what? Go small. This this whole, one of Monty's um, strategies, by the way, Monty is a great coach and a great person, I think. But one mm-hmm. of the things that he always does is he tries to stylistically align his lineup according to the lineup of the opposition. And in my mind, game four is where it is basically the, you know, you're, you're being pushed to the corner. Just go with what probably is going to work, which is hit with your smalls. Don't worry about the Saric Kaminsky minutes to spell eight and just go in with Tory Craig and Carter and Galloway and just go hammer and tongs from outside the three point line. Yeah, I like that idea of, uh, you know, injecting Javon Carter into this. That guy is, uh, he gets stuff done. He will he will do something, right? We don't know what it is, but either defense, offense, he will do something. And yeah. I agree I agree with you, Aiton has been terrific. Uh, that's probably another positive takeaway if, unfortunately, the season ends with the series. Uh, but K- campaign has been really good for two straight games now, right? The game three, you know, he actually kept them afloat right through the fourth quarter and towards the end, give the devil its due, right? AD and uh, LeBron stepped up. I-, I can't believe the kind of shots LeBron hits now, considering... Yes, jump, jump shooting is supposed to be his one weakness, and his numbers are still at the end of the day. Uh, jump shots and three pointers tend to stay mediocre, but the guy is so confident in the clutch and seems to be making more and more clutch shots. Right, and game two he kind of got them to the finish line, and uh, game three, like you said, campaign again brought them back. Uh, you know, the the, the clutch piece. Uh, when Lakers really step up their defenses, that's exactly where we are missing CP3, right? And that's exactly where campaign is not probably the answer. But at least if he keeps up the thread, then Booker can maybe operate with more space and, uh, you know, steal us a game in LA. I think that's the best case scenario tomorrow because the CP3 thing, 
unfortunately seems like the decay and all that is not working because i know how long are you going to fool them right they know within and, two yeah within two yes. minutes they know what's going on in fact and it is easy to draw the parallel between what happened in the second half of game 1 compared to what's happened subsequently in game 2 and 3 because i thought in the second half of game 1 even though cp3 was injured vogel and the lakers staff still kind of gave him the respect or at least you know 80% of the respect that a cp3 deserves exactly two and three, exactly they're just yeah. you know they they're not even looking at him and it has made things incredibly tough on booker and for all of these national media hacks who have again you know see they they go around telling everyone after game 1 that despite ad and lebron and cp3 being on the floor booker was the best player in the game and this and that all of a sudden uh, a mediocre game 2 and let's let's admit like a bad game 3 has made everyone start again saying that booker is not ready for prime time and you know all of that and to my mind i mean that's crazy to say when basically he is missing his number one playmaker right exactly i don't think it's his fault uh, i don't think it's really anybody's fault it's just bad luck and uh, they still have a path to respectability right if not just winning this series they don't need to be a down 21 on all that if 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 couple of guys hit some shots and they kind of ramp up uh, you know the campaign jawan carter kind of god minutes uh, and hope they stay productive so the the one the one thing that i do have a peeve or kind of a gripe against the suns and it literally has nothing to do with this series i agree with you i mean this will hopefully not but this may go in the litany of what you and i keep uh, whining about in regards to the misery and the misfortune of the suns in playoffs that you know we've been carrying for the past 35 years yeah uh, the one genuinely intentional misstep that i feel the suns made was not going after you know the the retreads uh, the drummonds or the blake griffins of the world purely right, right. for the sake of this matchup i knew they wouldn't have fit into the suns typical offense during right. the regular season right. but right now the gulf between aiton on the court versus when he is not yeah, and the yeah. kaminsky saric piece that's the only thing by the way that has made me genuinely tear my hair in frustration you know ravi i don't know if you heard uh, i know we both live in the bay area that there's some uh, coverage of bob myers the warriors uh, Uh, GM or president of basketball operations talking after the season the exit interview type stuff with the media mm-hmm. okay and one of the things he said was how they finished he's talking about the beginning of the season like number 2 on a lot of these uh, vets uh, list right once clay got hurt like people like gazal and ibaka yes. and things like that and he even mentioned that one veteran actually told them that he would have actually signed with them with if if clay was healthy and you know fast forwarding to the buyout market i wouldn't be surprised if suns went after these guys uh, you know you may have a better handle on that but you know if the choice is nets lakers and suns probably a lot of these guys picked uh lakers or nets right that's unfortunately probably what happened with at least one or two of these guys uh yes i mean i uh, i see what you're saying there and i think and you know obviously like we don't know maybe they tried and basically <clears throat> right struck struck out but you know to me uh, they basically uh, added tory craig before the frenzy of the buyout 
started so right, that was a trade right that was a trade that was a trade yeah so so in my mind uh, you know to to rethink based on what you said it couldn't have been that james jones didn't try maybe right. it was a case where drummond figured he will basically gravy train along with uh, exactly. you know, nadi for a championship or blake probably felt the same but i'm just thinking there had to have been some option better than uh Kaminsky Saric is the one that really disappoints me though because there was a, and I, that was my foolish point of view in one of our earlier podcasts where I was thinking that he looked better than Aiton uh, yeah stretch <laughs> so his fall has been just uh, precipitous but uh, you know I was thinking that in fact I heard Ryan Rosillo talk about Kem Birch who was available and the Suns right. did not make a play for him so, right Oh no. That you are right. There were some names. Dwayne Dedman went to Miami. Yes. Uh but you sometimes you wonder uh you're absolutely right. Sometimes these teams are like, "Oh, he doesn't fit our system" or stuff like that. Plus, you know, Ravi, they're also worried about giving uh minutes, right? Making sure these guys are happy because these guys want to win, they want minutes. So, look at what's happening with the Lakers. Though Drummond has miraculously looked good on and off, remember uh, towards the end of the season he was actually killing them and even in game 1 he was killing them to the point that the sun's twitter was joking how uh, you know vogel should play more drummond and things like that and think about them having like mark gasol and montres harrell on the bench so clearly they had made them some time uh, commitments right they have told him while signing him off the uh buyout market that he will get minutes so they were starting him they were playing him when clearly he was not the answer and that was a lot of laker fans were scratching their head and then finally looks like he's been productive at least with the rebounds and things like that so my point is so these guys when they interview for these jobs i think they're looking for minutes they're looking to win and unfortunately maybe uh, monty and jones couldn't offer that to any of these guys but i agree with you the way sarich is playing right now probably we could have definitely used one of these guys and uh, you know that's maybe where the series needs to turn around right these role players need to step up they need to step up big time and i, I agree with you also on something you said earlier which is cam johnson looked good in the first game yeah and you know it's very difficult though for wing players to make a mark if they're not hitting their shots because especially against a really good defensive team like the lakers on top of which the lakers not even caring about paul uh, actually that's yeah. one of the reasons why aiton is having a field day because they are not sagging off of the three point shooters they're not sagging off of bridges and cam and crowder has been getting open but he is in that bad streak of his so i'm hoping actually game 4 he goes like you know 7 of 7 or something crazy right. because he he's streaky he's, he's streaky, streaky anyways yeah yeah but uh, but yeah so that's with that way cam is not and you're right about uh, i mean i don't even have uh, an idea of what sarish can do but anything he does even remotely positive will be a huge uh, plus for us yes yes cool with all that said i'm really looking forward to game 4 anyways both for uh, monty's adjustments which we kind of uh, we both of us have our own thoughts on that uh let's see if he does that it should be a fascinating series anyways and uh, uh the sad part ravi is uh, even uh, you know for the non suns fans out there if they hate the lakers this may really be the best shot to 
beat them in the West because I don't see the next couple of rounds offering them this level of challenge, actually. It's funny you say that because I was thinking of the same exact thing and I'm one of those, uh, you know, guys who only wakes up to the non-fan uh, other team watching during the playoffs. So, I've been watching the playoff games really uh, acutely and I couldn't agree more with you. I think the, yeah. this matchup is the one that will lead to the Western Conference finalists. Right. Uh, I don't see anyone else competing with the Lakers, especially with LeBron in this zone of his now that he's... I think, slowly but surely reaching. Exactly. Uh, so, given his injury and all that, I think if Jamal Murray was uh, uh, healthy, I thought Denver would actually enter the playoffs as a, kind of the experts' uh, uh, fancy pick, right? But he's hurt, so they don't have a realistic shot of stopping LeBron if they get there. Portland defense is putrid. I don't think they can hang. Uh, Jazz, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, Donald Mitchell just came back. So, that's it. I mean, Suns may be the best uh, roadblock for them in the West, at least. Yeah, uh, yeah. And one last thing, uh, Arvind, before we move on from the Suns, with all of the whining I have done, and you, 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 you've also obviously talked about some of the misery that we are going through, I'm just... I, I, it took me a while to, to, to also get the realization that three years ago, we were celebrating the mm-hmm. dawn of the new era with Dragon Bender and Josh Jackson, and, <laughs> right? Yeah. And compared to that, the very fact that we are today talking about them getting the number two seed, barely missing out on the number one seed. And you know what? After three games, being only one, two down to a team with Anthony Davis and LeBron, you know what? <laughs> there has to be perspective as well. So I Definitely. Yeah. Now, I, one thing I agree with you, I, I, I didn't want to interrupt you earlier, but this is either way a complete success, right? Yes. I yes. don't think the Suns fans would even be that disappointed if they lose, but obviously you don't want to lose. Uh, I, I hope not, by the way. Yeah. That's, a, you know, that's one thing, though. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, these team management couldn't care less about what the fans say, especially right after something that is disappointing. But... You know, you follow social media all of a sudden after Game 3 especially. Uh, they're mm-hmm. talking about, uh, is Chris Paul a wise investment? He has a player option, but they're talking about whether, you know, he's injury prone. Should I think that's nonsense, man. I mean, you know, let's celebrate what we have done this year. That's true. That's true. However, I also heard some things from uh, the Milwaukee Bucks Twitter, which is interesting. Just to add to that, another perspective to what you are saying. Uh-huh. Somebody was saying this is exactly why in the offseason, uh, the Bucks uh, going after Drew Holiday much more aggressively than Chris Paul made perfect sense. Because again, this guy has a injury history. But, you know, that's all hindsight 2020, right? He was great throughout the season, healthier than probably uh, you know uh, the recent past, and he was he was pretty healthy last season too, and in Oklahoma. Yes. So it's, it's just bad luck. Uh, with all that said, again, I think both you and I are uh, really looking forward to tomorrow's game because that's really I think the series decider, right? Uh, if somebody was tweeting this too, that if they win, whoever wins tomorrow might take the series actually. So let's see hmm. how the Suns respond. Um, yeah, if it gets back to two and two, then you got a whole new three game series on your hands and anything can happen. 
Exactly. So that, yeah, that's exactly what the sun should be driving towards. So before we uh, end, any other thoughts on any of the other series? I've been really enjoying the uh, Denver Portland one, but I don't think there is a legitimate contender coming out of there. Um, uh, the East has been just, uh, except for Atlanta Knicks, the other three teams look super uh, dominant compared to the their competition, right? Especially Bucks have been super impressive. Uh, the other two are expected. Boston and Wizards are not in the same league as the Nets and uh, 76ers. But Bucks have been impressive. The West playoffs have been the more interesting one. I think that we have been saying that for probably 20 years. But uh, uh, Suns, Lakers, obviously the uh, you know top of the card. Then you got the Luka upsetting the Clippers too. How have you been processing that series? You know. Oh, I love it. If there <laughs> is anything that will still continue to drive my energy in case the Suns lose, it is the joy of seeing the Clippers. You know, them tanking towards the end of the regular season <laughs> in order to avoid Lakers. You know, this is karma for them to get potentially swept by Luka. I mean, because... You know, two games at home and Dallas is going to bring in 16,000 people. Wow. Uh, so, you know, uh, no restrictions, you know, in terms of the stadium uh, audience. I would love for the Clippers to lose 0-4. Uh, you always need a buffoon you know, in, any, in any scenario. <laughs> so, yeah, they so are definitely the one. I, I expect them to win one game, though. Okay. It's maybe 4-1. Um, yeah, yeah, and very likely. Again, the team is talented. Uh, of course, you know, with two of the best, uh, uh, whatever, 20 players in the league. So hopefully, you know, but I'm just hoping that Dallas sweeps them. But to your earlier comment, I agree that Eastern Conference has been putrid, except my new second favorite team in the league is the New York Knicks. Yes. Uh, even just because I could not believe, I swear to God, before this series, I could not name more than three of their players. I knew Rose had kind of resurrected his career again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, Randall was an MVP uh, and MIP candidate. Uh, but I, and I, for some strange reason, I knew Netherlands Noel was their center. But I did <laughs> not know Alec Burks, you know, Reggie Bullock. Yeah. I didn't know any of the rookies. <laughs> It, they are so, they are a team you want to root for purely because it's a complete collection of players who no one else wanted. Exactly. They, and Tibbs has done this great job of getting them playing defense and you know, coalescing that talent pool into a unit. It's, it's been a really fun uh, watch. And that series is pretty fun too. It is. Uh, but, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I was no, I was just going to say if you you know have you noticed something in that series that when Atlanta goes on a scoring run, it feels like points come very easy for them, and then they go through stretches where you know they don't score, but there's no no point in time where you feel like the Hawks cannot get a shot off. Whereas with the Knicks, I feel they are so devoid of true talent that no shot comes easy for them. Like exactly Rose has to really you know dissect and pull through all twenty four seconds of the shot clock to make something happen and still they are finding some way of staying in the series. Exactly. And that's defense and that's just grit and grind, if you will, right? Borrowing a Memphis term. But to your point, Atlanta is clearly is more skilled and talented, right? They accumulated all this talent in the offseason. 
and it didn't quite come together for a long time and then when macmillan took over it's been a smooth ride since then actually uh, that's what most experts have been saying right atlanta just has more offensive talent yeah uh, and you can see that clearly in this matchup one team is grinding and another team is much smoother and much easy to score but still it's a very competitive series because the other team can defend as well so that's the uh, you know that may go 7 and i'm hoping the suns lakers uh, goes 7 as well and then uh, the denver, denver portland might go 7 as well so we shall see uh, by the way you mentioned dallas how many fans are uh, are allowed in phoenix for game 5 and So game five is uh, full go. As far as I know, game five is sixteen thousand, not full go. It's I think ninety percent in. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Whereas, uh, and that's the thing. You know, kind of coming back full circle to what we started with. They have to have to win game four because game five will be the closest to being a normal playoff atmosphere for the Suns, where they are you know back home with a full you know with the full arena. Uh, I think that would be good for them. Right, right. Yeah, I mean uh, the the Lakers really, you know, uh, given that AD and uh, LeBron are come back from injury, I would say at this point the the credit goes a lot more to Vogel and the coaching staff and just the way they play defense, right? I think that's been a huge plus for them that they can just stymie most teams. Uh, while Eddie and LeBron uh, can ramp up, and they are ramping up, as you can see, and as you mentioned earlier, so I, I'm really impressed with their defense and how it's a bunch of role players. Right, none of them are really any kind of stars. Caruso is fantastic on defense. Uh, KCP is decent. Uh, even Kuzma yesterday got a lot of uh, flowers for his. Uh, he, defense. he had a good game. Yeah, yeah. The... despite the bad shooting numbers, right? So. You got to give the devil its due, man. They are a very formidable team on multiple dimensions, uh, and then AD and uh, LeBron are just the head of the snake. So we shall see tomorrow. Good luck to the Suns. Uh, anything else you want to add before we wrap this one up? No, nothing else comes to mind. I think uh, most likely you and I will reconnect uh, either after Game Four or most certainly after Game Five. But uh, in the meantime, let's hope we get two in a row. Yes, yeah, so ho- hope the next part is in uh, a little bit of a more positive uh, uh, mindset as well as scoreboard for the Suns. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Looking forward to it. All right. Good luck. Bye for now.